Inspire Instructor Podcast, where the learning never stops. Welcome you wonderful people to our first episode of Season 2 of the Inspired Instructor Training Podcast. This season we'll be continuing to talk about all the competencies and rounding them off. And I'm adding some new feature where we're going to be asking guests um, a question around the hot topics in the industry and getting their thoughts. If you have any ideas on questions you'd like me to ask the guests, then please do send me a message um, and maybe we can bring them up in future episodes. I'm looking forward to season two. We've got some great guests lined up um, and it's gonna be amazing. On this episode, we have my business partner and the better half of Inspired Instructor Training, Diana Todd. And uh, we are gonna discuss intensive courses and we dig a little bit more detail about Inspired Instructor Training and also we talk about the competency, was sufficient feedback given to help the pupil understand any safety critical incidents. So enjoy the show. So welcome to the podcast. Um, today, on today's podcast, we have the other half of Inspire, um, maybe the better half, some would say. Um, and so welcome Diana um, to the podcast and look forward to hearing all your thoughts today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me up. So um, this season on the podcast, I am starting off with a question that we saw come up against on Facebook or within the industry and trying to get you guys, you, you're just um trainers opinions on on the on these things because i think the no- it can get a bit noisy on on facebook um so let me ask you this then um intensive courses good or bad ooh i love them i love them but with a massive caveat to that now <clears throat> first of all and this goes into all the things that we we say what does intensive mean because intensive could be eight hours a day, every day, Monday to Friday, do your test Friday night. I am not a fan of them for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's just too much. I think it's too much. I certainly don't have the brain capacity to do that. Second of all, I don't even think my husband could spend 40 hours in the car with me non-stop and I still come out with a reasonable relationship. Um, I just, I think it's too intense. Um, yes, it has a, has a place, but I prefer semi-intensives. And what I mean by that is maybe, you know, a triple lesson every day. And by triple lesson, I, may, I maybe mean like two and a half hours or three hours a day with a little mini break um now what i like about them is the fact that not an awful lot of time is wasted in between that week that that they're they're having a lesson you don't have to recap as much in detail there's no um going back significantly because they've still got that muscle memory and it just gels so nicely um, the progress is significant and I like the fact that the semi-intensives maybe over two three weeks um, you know they have the opportunity there then to get exposure to different weather conditions they can get exposure to different um, uh, conditions of, of, of time as well so you know you could do nighttime lessons you could do daytime lessons etc harder in the summer of course but I especially find intensive courses beneficial to PDIs I think it's great for them to work through that that process of, of um seeing the fault fixing it um recognizing themselves how quickly the progress is 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 happening with the pupil and I think it helps fine tune their teaching skills as well, rather than waiting a week and even for them to recall what had happened last week and what they would do differently. You're only talking about yesterday um, or the day before yesterday, as the case may be. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I also think it's a great way for you to <clears throat> top up your funds. 
So I use semi-intensives as a way of paying for any time off that I need. So I will tend to do like a little semi-intensive course before, you know, half term um, or after half term. Tend to be more proactive in that because, you know, I like to I like to have money in the bag. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a good way. It's hard because obviously it's a big commitment and you need to make sure you're mentally prepared for that as well. Uh, and I also think if you manage it nicely, you can incorporate little breaks into it with your pupil. So that dead time that you would spend between going from one pupil's house to another pupil's house, you could suggest to the pupil, should we go for a 20 minute break? Let's have a little break. You know, that's in your time anyway. So you would you would allow for that in, in the, the intensive. You can buy coffee and you get to know them, build that rapport, chat things through with them. Um, in terms of managing it, sorry, I've gone off on a tangent because I really do love them. It was probably a perfect question to ask me. Um, in terms of managing it, I will always ask for a 50% non-refundable deposit upfront when booking it because it's such a big commitment in your diary and 50% non-refundable deposit in advance, uh, one month in advance of starting. Again, you know, so that that commitment is there from both parties. And for me, it's really important that you communicate as to what your expectations are and the risks involved, because it's all very well saying that <clears throat> the semi-intensive is there and, you know, we are hopeful by the end of this period that you will be able to sit your test but they just might not be ready. And that communication is paramount to it actually being successful, as long as everybody knows that this is what we're going to base it off, give or take. You know, it might be a little bit of wiggle room in those in those lessons. And even just getting the tests as well. So making sure you have that that opportunity to get the test in and around that 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 course. Yeah, actually, with the testing, that's something that we 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 tend to not have the test at the end of the course. Um, maybe a week or two weeks later, because that does give you that wiggle room to chuck in some extra lessons if they need to, rather than this big like, no, you can't do it, move it back. Also, it is quite hard sometimes to make like it's hard enough to make that call whether people's going to be ready or not. Yeah. Anyway, but if they're doing four four lessons like four hours a day it's suddenly like oh actually you're going to make a lot of progress still are you going to be ready and you're, you're effectively having to make that that decision quite a lot sooner than you normally would do it in in, in regular lessons so planet giving them that week can can sometimes help and then maybe an extra refresher like just before the before the week yeah. um i'm inclined to sort of kind of talk about some of the negatives just because you went full positive uh, <laughs> on them um <laughs> have some negatives actually if, if so I, I was just going to suggest that I my and and you did say this about actually as for the three week course you can maybe cover some different weather conditions but actually that's one of my negatives for an intensive because if you're in the summer for example you you aren't necessarily going to get as much rain or, or cold weather or even just that winter sun that sort of sits in your face all day um i swear i wear my sunglasses more in the winter than i do in the summer um just like in your face all day um so i think that 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 can be a disadvantage of not spreading it out i also think there's an element of learners don't like they they learn so much not in the car with you during their learning process so if you're teaching someone for i don't know 20 30 weeks they're the whole time that they're learning to drive, every time they're in a car, they're suddenly seeing it differently to when they weren't learning to drive and they're asking questions and they're talking to their friends about it and maybe they're suddenly watching their TikTok um, feed suddenly becomes learner drivers because, I don't know, the phone was listening to them on a driving lesson. <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, but basically, the, it becomes part of their life for maybe six months and I think that can be really, really good way of sort of learning. Like I'm sure you've had learners turn up with questions and stuff that they've, they've had from that week. And so I, I think you miss that on an intensive. Um, I'm not saying don't do them because it, there are lots of benefits and they certainly suit certain people as well. Um, 
I also use them as well for things like refreshers. Um, so if, when it's not a brand new person, maybe they failed a test and they're coming over and they want to refresh or they've not driven for a few, a couple of years and they want a refresher before taking a test. Um, I think it can be quite suitable for that sort of kind of pupil as well. Do you do you do like an assessment lesson with them before? Funny, we're so in tune with each other. I was literally chomping at the bit to say this. So I've just come off an assessment lesson for an intensive um, at seven o'clock this morning. And um, basically, yes, 100%, because that has to play a part. And, you know, when I, when I met with this pupil, she's come from manual to auto. Um, and I'd said to her, we're looking at April, May, maybe before we can get her started. Um, and I said, let's rather than you waiting that long and then potentially having one lesson with me before starting, let's let's fit you in now and we'll see what you what you like. And by the end of the hour and a half lesson, she was knackered. She was absolutely knackered. So we've now revised that so this is what I mean in terms of it, it is no one size fits all and now what I'm doing or what we've suggested is that we do one lesson every day before she goes to work or after depending on our shifts and then she's going to take the week off the next week and we're going to break it down so we'll do three hours but with that break like I said before and then we're going to have a long break throughout the day and potentially do another one in the evening just because it will not work for her to do any more than that. Like I say, it, she was she was flagging mm. by the end of it. I might because she started at seven o'clock in the morning, but... Well, she accidentally <laughs> set her alarm as if she was going to work, so she got up at half five. So, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, so she's used to the early starts. Okay, well, that, yeah. <laughs> so that that yeah so absolutely we do an assessment and I also think it's really important that you say to that pupil during that assessment um it is okay for you to decide I'm not the right instructor for you I will help you find another one um but for you to spend such a long time in the car with me in such a condensed period um it's really important that, that I speak in a language that makes sense to you and that you can see yourself getting on with me. Um, and of course, it's up to us to, to change our style, because I've said it before, we should be like little chameleons. You know, we should adapt to what the pupil presents to us. But yeah, just make sure it's right for both of you before committing to mm -hmm. doing as much as it's nice to get that nice injection it's also like an ability thing there as well on that first one that you you can tell there, there are some pupils that get in your car and you're like yeah this is going to take a while that that's not an intensive pupil don't don't do an intensive pupil like lessons with that pupil um because yeah it's just going to put pressure on it and and it's not going to be the right sort of learning atmosphere for them so it isn't for everyone um as well and i think that's important to sort of kind of be aware of and maybe that's where um some of the big companies that sell intensives fall down because they just sell the money they want the money they sell the course they don't really care about the person so this is why i think that assessment lesson is really crucial uh, before you take any money for an intensive you you just have, let's say let me meet you let, let let's have a lesson and and then we'll discuss the intensive and what's what's going to work best for you because um yeah it just doesn't it's not for everyone no, and I also think what you've just said there, that can be small companies too. I think that's down to the individual who's taken on the intensive. If your motive, if your motives aren't right, regardless of the size of the company, then they're not right. You know, that's that's it. It has to be right for the pupil. But interestingly, you said something earlier about <clears throat> the pupil um, getting that experience. And as soon as you said it, you know, over a, a course of like 30 weeks or what have you, um. And I don't know if it's an auto thing or not. I certainly feel it more in an auto. I'm the opposite because I find that when my pupils go away, it's not all of them by by any manner of means, but some, when they go away for that week, 
they actually overthink it. So, you know, I've had pupils that will literally sit up in their bed with a steering wheel and 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 pretend they're in a car turning the corner. And I've had had pupils try and do reverse bay parks on an app. Um and then they come in and they're like, right, well, I've been doing this app. And if I, you know, if I do this with my finger and I do that, I'm like, and I tried the app. And I was, I looked and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. It does not work. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, yeah, it has to be right. But it, but I play those reversing apps and I like them. Um... Well, you see, this is this is again why we complement each other because we're just the right, right kind of sameness and the yeah. right kind of difference. I think as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I do have it. But then I, I would, I would also suggest that those sorts of pupils that sit up at night stressing about it like to the level that you're talking about probably wouldn't be okay for an intensive either because they, they, they're if they're anxious outside the car they're probably going to be anxious inside the car um and and my guess is those people you're talking about are probably taking a longer journey on, on learning to drive so they're not going to get it done in that three weeks anyway there may maybe you do the three weeks to give them a big booster and get the, get over that hurdle of of the the key like core skills, um, and then you carry it on going forward. And and actually, that's another good point that we, we haven't really mentioned. That intensive don't have to have a test at the end of them; they they can just be uh, a kickstarter to your learning journey. Maybe someone's having a got a week off holiday on holiday, and they just want to do like a booster of lessons, but then carry on their weekly lessons following on from that. Um, and and that's absolutely fine as well, and and maybe a better way around around that process rather than putting the pressure on the on on a driving test. So maybe it could be like a way to get started, or a bit in the middle, or a booster at the end. So it it's flexible, I think, and and make it work around what's suitable for the pupil, but also what's suitable for your diaries. Yeah, because um, one thing my guys um struggle with when I ask them to do an intensive is that well like, what do I do with my current pupils and I think that can be challenging like if you're going to do like full week intensives then in a way you kind of have to only do full week intensives because otherwise every time you do one your pupils miss a week's worth of lessons um and then what do you do when you haven't got a pupil that week and so you've basically a whole week off um so I, I can see how that can be quite challenging to manage um which is why I think again it leans towards this maybe two or three week one because you can fit your other pupils in and around that and and make it work and um maybe just work a bit like you said maybe just work a bit more one week because you've got to be going on holiday the week after or something like that um, okay, so moving on. Um, before we talk about our competency this week, um, let's um, let's talk about Inspire a little bit, as um, both of us are on here. <laughs> it gives me an opportunity to talk more about it on the podcast. Um, and I th- it's, it's quite strange that last time when I started season one on the podcast, Inspire didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and now now we have have this company with lots of courses and workshops and it's all super exciting um, and I'm loving it. Uh, but... I am absolutely loving it. I love the fact that <clears throat> we just get to connect with so many instructors and I just, do you know, we've said it time and time again, we bounce off each other. Um, we are very good at telling each other when we've not quite got it right. And there's no, you know, there's no sort of animosity over that. Um, it, I don't it, know. I, I go and have a paddy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quite like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, and, and God, see, when I think... When I think about what we have done in the very short space of time that we have had, it, it's it's actually uh, amazing. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say it's amazing. It's a bit big-headed, isn't it? I don't it like that. And I just think that, that the effort, the work, the, the investment in terms of our time and making sure that the devil is in the detail with each and every single course that we've done but not not having it be two hours of just being spoken at you know it's little bite-sized chunks it's um it's self-paced 
it's informative the detail is all there but we cut the waffle I mean ironically enough I know we can waffle for, for Britain but I don't think we do that in the courses um, and that's certainly been the feedback that we've got people love the fact that <clears throat> the courses don't feel overwhelming so sometimes when I am going to do CPD I find it really I find it overwhelming when there's too much on there already um, I don't know where to start I don't know what to do and I like the fact that <clears throat> we almost have a roadmap with the fact we've got the Zooms and the, the courses that we've put on there already. There's a roadmap that we prioritise the key things that people need to be getting right in order for them to feel that they're developing, not only as an instructor, but as a person who's just genuinely interested in their pupils. Um, and it doesn't feel overwhelming. So the average length of our course is, is anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour, which is manageable, or certainly that's the feedback. And, and even those are split into maybe five or six sections of 10 to 15 minute videos. So you can pour, you're not just listening to an hour, you, you watch five or 10 minutes, and then you can take that in. There's some questions to answer at that point to see like what your key learning points are. Um, and I like to point actually, and I hadn't even considered this maybe, well, I'm sure we had a conversation about it at some point, but that the courses we've got up there are effectively what we think are the most important things. That, like if you do those things well, you're probably doing a lot of stuff well. Um, and, and obviously we're going to add more courses and get a bit more niche and stuff as we go along. But we wanted to get those those first few courses to be like, do this and you'll be on, on the right track. Um yeah and then sort of kind of obviously adding regular zooms i think particularly we've had quite a lot of good feedback about our sitting in the lesson videos um which is us effectively reviewing a lesson um but i think one thing that we've made sure we've done that's um maybe slightly different to what i've seen before out there is it's not just uh watch the the whole lesson and then get all the feedback at the end because i think you can the the issue there can sometimes be that you're, you're hearing feedback and you've kind of already forgotten what actually happened in the moment. So something we do that, and again, it's about breaking it up and bite-sized chunks is, is we jump into the, like into the lesson partway through and give you immediate feedback on what you've just heard, or even actually I've done it on, on a couple of the videos where I jump in before something's about to happen and go, listen out for this. Um, and I think that can be a really, like, I've enjoyed doing it um and, and from that point of view and le learning from that and I think um yeah they got the feedback we've got is that people are people are loving those sort of kind of sitting in the lesson um videos actually if there's anyone listening that wants us to review one of their lessons for free and they're willing to let us use it on the on the course um send it over um and yeah you get the trainers doing that so that would be that that would be um brilliant for for us and we've got a bit of a a queue of people waiting to do it but it, it can um it, it the, the more the merrier so happy to do that it's nice though because when you said about jumping in <clears throat> on the lesson that's exactly what your trainers should be doing um maybe not should be doing but i think that when you have somebody watching your lesson in the back it's great to encourage them to be involved in the lesson for the exact same reasons that you said rather than waiting until the end of it and that can be done in a nice way sometimes we feel that you know somebody in the back is going to undermine us or do whatever and, and that can be you know with no no fault of the trainers but it's just our preconceived ideas that if they have to step in then I must be doing something wrong it's not necessarily about that it's just about um developing your skills and also I think when you're not in that hot seat it's so much easier just to see a way around and you've you've referenced this before where you're sat in the back a conversation's happening in front of you and you're like they're not on the same page it looks like they're talking about the same thing they're not on the same page and it just takes that that outside person um, there was one other thing that I wanted to say about Inspire that I thought was ah, really important to mention. <clears throat> we 
have not and will never be the type of company that just talks at you about what we think you want to hear. It's all we've already put a survey out asking people's opinions, finding out what's important to them. And actually, although we have put up courses that we feel are right and you know it's the, the foundation, um, we will now tweak some of the things that we will put up based on what our members are telling us. So some of those things obviously are you know, having a live Zoom next week about managing pupils, in fact, you know, managing their expectations, that communication and making sure that um, you are able to effectively manage their expectations around test, abilities, um, commitments, etc, etc. So it, it's about listening for us to our members and us adapting to what's current for them I love the fact we do the accountability post as well because <clears throat> we're, we're almost speaking to the converter because anybody listening to your podcast are are committed to CPD which is great it's lovely um but it's it's holding yourself accountable and I could be guilty of this you know I have all these wonderful ideas but I think right I'm, I'm going to do that I'm going to do this I'm going to do that but it's actually getting off your bum and doing it. Um, or weekly check-in and accountability posts, I think, are really helping people recognise that as well. Yeah, and I think actually just to carry that on, first of all, I want to mention that anybody listening, that Zoom Diana was talking about isn't next week as you're listening. It was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but um, but actually, if you if you become a member, it will be live. It will be recorded and and saved on on the um on the website. Um, one of the things I was going to say. So you were talking about how we listen and how we have that interaction. So it isn't just this course of videos. Um, and I love that it's not because actually that wouldn't be me either. I don't want to just put stuff out there for, and and have these people who we don't even know watching them necessarily. Like this is about it's about a mentorship that's one of the first words we came up with it was a mentorship because we want to help people but we want to like it, we're we're people and we want to help people and and it's that that interactions that we have and I think probably one of the benefits of that is that we have the the Facebook group that is for members only which means you end up having a group of very like-minded people who are all looking to support each other and um and join and and progress and stuff so you feel safe putting your accountabilities um things up in in that in that group and you feel safe asking questions and you know you're going to get a good answer and um and i think that's that's one thing that i think has really helped with the with the membership it starts to feel a bit of a community uh um and people start to get to know each other and and i'm hoping that will grow as as, as we carry on as well but i think from even from my perspective it's nice because it means it's not just a person, a name that's signed up. It's actually someone we're interacting with and, and supporting. And that's what we want to do is we just want to support a, a driving instructors to to become become the best driving instructor they can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And it. I'm still working on doing that. I'm still working on doing that. I think we all, I think <laughs> stop working on doing that. It's now no longer the job for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, I constantly, maybe shouldn't lead with this, but I'm constantly going, my God, that was crap. Or because self-evaluation is going to be the biggest tool in your toolbox. Has to be. Because there's no way, and I hold myself too bloody high, as as you know, you know, I, I it, but it, it, it has to be achievable as well. You, you allow yourself these little blips or these little, um, I don't know, deviations of what you should be doing. But as long as you can reflect on it, evaluate and change it in the future, then it, it wasn't a mistake. It was a learning opportunity. That's it. That's what we tell our learners. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, definitely. And actually, I don't think there is anything wrong with having having the massive goal of of being the best and 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 aiming for that perfect lesson or that perfect training session um i don't think there's anything wrong with having that but you're right also then it's having those manageable tasks within the within that to to get you there um but there's nothing wrong with reaching for the stars i think so yeah i like that um 
So shall we move on and talk about our competency today? So we're still, um, this season, we're going to still be working through the competencies and I'm determined to get all the way through them. Um, so um, today's competency that we're going to be talking about is, was, and this is the last one in the risk management section. Um, so was sufficient feedback given to help the pupil understand any safety critical incidents and before I pass over to you to give us your thoughts on this I just want to read what the ADI one says because it's only a short sort of kind of section but I think it sums it up quite quite nicely um and actually if there's anybody listening well first of all I'd say listen to these podcasts because you get a good idea on it but actually even if you don't want to go through the entire ADI, ADI one just read the sort of first little what like section from the TVSA on each one because it does give you quite a good summary of what they're expecting I think if you had those each summary printed out you you probably have quite a good idea of what's expected from you um going into a, a standard check or a part three or just for your driving lessons because that's that's also important here that it isn't just about the um standard check or part three so the adi one says if a safety critical in or potentially safety critical incident does occur it is vital that the pupil fully understands what happened and how they could have have avoided it or dealt with it better ideally the pupil should be supported to analyze the situation for themselves which i think is quite an important sentence um however it may be necessary for the adi or pdi to provide feedback if for example the pupil simply did not see the problem that feedback should be given as soon as possible um, as soon as practically possible after the incident mm -hmm. thoughts <laughs> um it kind of it says what it says on the tin, really. Uh, and often we get still this hangover about whether people can stop or not um, on their, their part threes or their standards check because there was a period of time in the, on the, the Zoom, on the Zooms, what am I talking about, uh, on the COVID, God, the COVID uh, whilst COVID was going on, that we couldn't pull over. And that was never really the case either, to be honest with you. They said they wanted a wheels moving lesson. Um, but if you have just had a safety critical incident or a potentially, and I think that's really impo important to hear that word. It's on the first line. If a safety critical or potentially critical incident occurs so it doesn't even have to have happened it's that gut feel and you've done your job you proactively stepped in it's worth a conversation now you know your pupil you know what they're capable of um but you can also see what they're capable of in that moment and in that time and <clears throat> i personally would probably pull over uh, it's that's not a one size fits all because you can have a conversation on the move, um, but it's it's if it's appropriate and if it's right for that pupil, and there's nothing wrong with you taking that time to almost recalibrate yourself and the pupil, um, and that's what the examiner is looking for. They're looking for your ability to see what's right for them. Now, with the safety critical. I would always recommend that whatever agreed level of support you had, you now up it. You up it for the next five minutes until you get to a point where one, learning can take place and two, both you and the pupil are able to, yeah, just recalibrate your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions because <clears throat> just like in life, whenever we make a mistake, we spend that long thinking about what we've just done we end up walking into another mistake. So I think that would be my my sort of initial initial sort of thoughts. <clears throat> and for me, it's important that the pupil is able to understand what's happened, what were the consequences. And when I say consequences, you know, advantages, disadvantages of how or what they've done. Um, and that can be hard if you have proactively stopped it because they then don't necessarily see what might have happened. And I think it's really important that, that we as instructors help them understand that. 
um, getting them to analyse it, getting them to come up with what might have happened if we hadn't stepped in, um, exploring what that looked like from an advantages and a disadvantages point of view, uh, and then finding solutions in the future. Now, when, when we have these conversations, even if you've proactively stopped it and even if the pupil then gets it, they give you all the right answers and they say, yeah, you know, I would have gone through the red light if you hadn't stopped me or I'd have gone through the red light if you hadn't stepped in verbally or what have you. I think it's really important that you go off then and test that. You you test their ability to recognise those trigger points when... um you know when will you see the red light what will what will it prompt you to do uh if you don't see it when do you want me to step in uh you know and and, and look for those solutions for them uh, because especially if they have the ability to delve into the consequences you then just need to go off and put that into practice and make sure they can put it onto paper that makes sense yeah, I mean, it's just add to that in that it's crucial to, and we talked about this on, on the Zoom last night, actually, um, it's crucial to get to the core of the issue because mm-hmm. that will give you the right solution. So I think just to reiterate again what you were saying in, in that it's crucial to have a solution and then go and put that solution into practice because I think I see I see that a lot um, where, and you if you think about it, if you're not, creating a solution and then going to practice it you're basically an examiner you're just pointing out faults (laughs) um um, and you might have a bit of a conversation about why you shouldn't do that but the examiner sometimes do that at the end as well so it's crucial that we actually go no actually we we, yeah i get i get that you get it but something still happened and i want to know why like what what was going on in your mind so if they get it if they get that they like your, your red light example is a really good example actually because uh, that's not going to be a lack of knowledge, is it? Like, what I have, I have recently had a, P- a PDI tell me that the people didn't know that red light meant stop. Um, but <laughs> the they've been watching the Formula One, and and all the red lights come on, and then and then they go out, and they were waiting for that to go out or something. I can't remember what the way they'd worked it out. <clears throat> um, but it had just it had thrown them. Um, so, but that was that's the first time in like seventeen years I've heard that. So, it's not likely to be a knowledge issue. So if it's not, if they get they're supposed to stop at a red light, why didn't they or why weren't they going to stop at the red light? And so, and that, and the answer to that question can be like a billion different reasons. So I think it's really important in that moment to dig into your pupil's mind. What was going on in their mind? What were they thinking about? What were they feeling? Um, because that can be um causing the causing the issue maybe there was an anxiety about a previous thing and that was distracting them from what was going on ahead or something like that um so that's the crucial bit is find out what was going on there and then go fix that so it might not you might end up going to do something completely different to traffic lights because traffic lights might not have been the issue um it might have been like we're now going to go and deal with distractions or we're going to go maybe we're going to go deal with your anxiety of the thing before so that you're not distracted next time you've done that um so it's yeah so find the core issue and i think that's really my sort of kind of the crucial thing because if you don't get that your fix will either not work or be very temporary um and then like you said go and fix it but not just have a conversation about it have a clear idea of what we're going to go and try to achieve on this next time we're trying something and then go do it um, and, and make that your new goal i think we we talk about um and i hear trainers talk about not wanting to be um fault-based and negative and stuff like that and and I get that and it, and it can be challenging that because we're also telling you that, that to not let stuff slide and and go go fix it but the way you make that goal focused is you're now changing your goal and your focus to this new thing that you're trying to achieve so it's no longer a fault thing it's like this is now our goal let's make it a positive and and I do find that if you go for a lesson and I've I've seen this quite recently I went for a lesson and there was 
bits and bobs happening as we're going along. Nothing really dramatic, like for for a two hour lesson, but there was lots of just like, oh, okay, let's talk about that. And then we moved on and let's talk about that. And then we moved on. It was a lot of that. And we got to the end of the lesson. And what ended up happening was we had a list of stuff we were going to go and do next week. Mm-hmm. And it was all the stuff that had gone wrong. And I was like, well, actually, if you'd have gone and made some of those your focus and the goal and, and adapted the lesson, I suppose, which is different um, competency, but we've talked about before how they all, all link. I really sort of kind of, delved into this safety critical incident and then gone and fixed it and that's the important go and fix it that at the end of the lesson the thing that went wrong the i nearly ran someone over at a pedestrian crossing is no longer the negative at the end of the lesson they're no longer oh i nearly ran that person over it's the positive it it becomes the i feel really confident at pedestrian crossings now because we spent 20 30 minutes after that incident and working out why I'd done that and now I don't feel like I'll do that again and I think that's it's such a crucial thing for learning to drive but it's also really like I think from a business point of view it's quite crucial because they they yeah they end up sort of kind of leaving with these positives instead of all the stuff they couldn't do and then when they get home and the person that's paying for their lessons potentially because how was your lesson they're like well I nearly ran a pedestrian over I nearly went for a red light versus them saying well this thing happened but actually i really get it now we learned it and 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 now i feel really confident about it that's like a much better conversation to be to be having um definitely and can i just add to that as well like basically um i think as well it's really important that when you have that that initial blip or something you know has happened to get the heart racing that we get to the core issue but it's skills focused and and I'm going to take a guess we haven't had this conversation Phil about you know this lesson that you've sat in on but when you analyze all the faults that happened throughout that lesson I'm going to say it was based on the same skill yeah what's what's really hilarious is that was my feedback to the instructor (laughs) Um, it was it was like I actually said to him I said "I'm, I'm going to list I think it was five or six incidents and then I'm gonna say what what's the common factor uh um and and they came yeah they were like it was it, it was a combination of awareness and anticipation yeah. so either not seeing it or not predicting what it what what it could what could have happened um or maybe and, not seeing it experience of, of of knowing where to look at the right right period of time and it might be interesting actually it, it might be interesting to list what those faults were because the reason I'm saying that is I often get um instructors say to me, you know, I've had I've had a pupil fail uh, their test and I've had five fails on a row, you know, five seriouses. But they're all different things, Diana. They're all different things. So it it, it mustn't be what I'm doing. And it'll be something like um, their approach speed to a junction was off. Uh, they were too fast. Or they then, in, in one instance, they were <clears throat> doing 30 and a 40. And they, I can't think of it anymore, uh, potential, ah, yes, the meeting traffic, meeting traffic situation, they, they got too close to the parked car. So there's three examples. I'm going to stop there before I run out. Um, and then when I say to them, right, well, what what actually happened? Why were these things happening? And they drill down to it. And generally, it will come to one of the five skills. Now, I'll give you an example. Those three completely unrelated instances. And I'm not saying this was the case at the time because I've just made these up. But they were too fast at the junction because they didn't see the junction. He didn't see it. So when the examiner gave the instruction, I want you to take the second road on the left. He didn't see the second road on the left. Therefore, they were too fast. The fault gets marked as speed on approach, but it was an awareness issue. He couldn't see it. Um, and I, the reason I'm going into this is I just don't think we link those things. Um, the second one was doing 30 and a 40. They didn't see the change of speed sign. So they, they were doing what they believed was the correct speed limit. It gets marked as making progress. 
but the, the the original fault comes from a lack of awareness. And my last one was the meeting traffic. Um, they didn't see the um, or they, they were maybe too focused on the oncoming car. Didn't see the parked car that they were trying to avoid. So it was awareness, probably planning as well. Um, so. It, it, and it's that I love having those conversations with instructors because they just get it then they go oh my god I get it it's it's the skills and not not the subjects so I think it's really important that that we do that in lessons so that the pupil can then evaluate where which skill they need to develop and I think actually that makes the whole process less scary as well because if you've got as you've said a whole list of driving faults then that that's quite daunting but like what we said earlier about the courses on inspire if you've got this massive three-hour course that you've got to sit down or even two hours you like, i don't have time for that so it's 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 helping them manage it it's five skills it's awareness anticipation planning then car control and judgment and with that once you get one, it, it is so easily to transfer into the different topics and it just makes it feel more manageable. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think we get one about the five skills all the time because um, they're amazing um, and they really work and it does really filter through through your lessons. And it and it was my feedback to that instructor, um, even to the point where I think the, like I was talking about the pedestrian crossing scenario was the first incident and then I think if we'd have made the lesson now about it wasn't even an awareness issue actually they'd seen the pedestrian but they hadn't anticipated them turning and crossing the road and I think if we'd have made the lesson about anticipating as we went through there was an incident later on where we were going it was meeting traffic we had priority but you couldn't see around the bend so you had no idea if anyone was already committed into the gap um, so that's an anticipation, like what could be in that space that we can't see. And I think if we'd have been having that conversation about, if we'd have linked the anticipation to the meeting traffic, because I think meeting traffic was something they wanted to go and have a look at anyway, um, that that incident wouldn't have happened. It would have, it would have been a case of the, the, there would have been have either the learning would have already taken place and therefore the pupil would have anticipated it, or they would have been having the conversations about it and therefore the people would have anticipated it and and it's like you can see how by just using that skill it improved the whole it would have improved the whole drive um and the people would have really learned from it i suppose yeah i have um the the other thing i wanted to suggest and and this is this comes up time and time again um two things actually that i want to suggest although we want the people to come up with the solutions or the reasons why things have happened, 100% that's my go-to. If they genuinely have no idea, then it is okay for us to give them a menu of choices on why they think it might have happened. Well, shall we go off and explore this? Could this have been the, the case? And, and give them some options, say, in my experience, only after you've explored it with them, in my experience, these are some of the common factors. It might not be what's caused it with you, might not be, therefore the solution might not be right. But out of these, what one is resonating with you? Should we prioritise that and see if that's going to fix it? And it's involving them in that process so that it's not us just dictating what it is they need to do in the moment. Um, I think that also... Um gets them used to like if they if, if they struggle to give the answer but by giving them these options um they get used to being part of the process and then further down the line they're more likely you 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 may not need to give them those options because they're more likely to give you their their opinion in the first place the other thing though that when you give these list of things it might you're right it might not be the thing that they did but it might trigger a thought in their mind for them to go oh it's not quite that but it it's kind of that but this and now you've got your answer um so it can definitely help i just want to have a quick look through the positives here that the examiners are looking for within this competency because it kind of explains everything we've covered a lot of it i think with this um so one of the positives they're looking for is find a safe place to stop and examine the critical incident which we've talked about and 
absolutely <clears throat> um absolutely do that but also i think again this goes back to linking competencies um this is all about was the area suitable as well because when you are choosing your area or deciding where you're going to go and practice and and it, you need to have in your mind where would i stop if something if i need to have a conversation as part of planning your area that you're you're training in is having suitable places to pull over um otherwise you end up driving for ages and 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 not able to have these conversations and then by the time you pull over you, you no one can remember what's happening um so next one was allowing the pupil time to express um any fears and concerns the incident might have caused um so that's within the conversations we've just had but something we talked about um again last night on, on our zoom was um shutting up long enough <laughs> so the pupil can have their say and 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 really sort of digging into their thoughts and their feelings of what what's going on and and yeah so crucial that you just ask those questions and then be quiet basically and let let the people have time and and even dig into what they've said as well so don't just accept that first answer like ask for more um because they might not be done um so yeah digging into that um su support your pupil to reflect clearly about what happened um which we've talked about provide in <clears throat> provide an input to clarify aspects of the incident that the pupil does not understand and that's what you just said about you can you can add something that i add to that a little bit is um if i if i add any information to the to to the process whether it's a fact or a bit of technical information or a bit of advice what i always do is get the pupil to analyze what i've just said um and not just take it as read so the so i, I might say what do you think about that or uh, what do you think the advantages of that are or the disadvantages of that so by getting them to analyze it one they buy into it because they get they, they see the positives but two they remember it because they've had to analyze it rather than just remembering something that i've said um and then uh, you don't end up having those conversations next week going i told you this last week um, and <laughs> Not that I would say that, but that you, you get that feeling like, oh, I told you this last week. Um, if you've got them to analyze it and for, think through it, you won't be having those conversations very often because they will have they will have processed it rather than trying to remember it. That happens a lot with the betters, doesn't it? It's the whole, yeah, yeah This the, the people that I had today was, she was like, I keep forgetting to, to check the mirrors. I was like, we do like to bang on about them, don't we? And she was like, yeah. And 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 actually, we had a lovely conversation, a really lovely conversation. It just sort of mirrors what you said there. Um, because <clears throat> I'd asked her, you know, if you were to to tell me how to 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 do this junction or this, we were actually doing roundabouts, but they're dead quiet roundabouts, and you know, hardly any cars on it, and all the rest of it. Um, and I said, what would be the very first thing you did? And, and fair play to her, she said, slow down. And she went, check my mirrors. And I said, right, okay. I said, which one of them would make sense to do first? And, and to be fair to her, she said, mirrors. I was like, do you know why, though? It, and she went, no. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. And it was just... So that example wasn't quite safety critical because, of course, I'm absolutely taking, you know, I'm not allowing full responsibility for observation skills because I'll, I'll always have our back. But I think it's so important that that they understand, like you said, why we're asking them to do something or suggesting it because their ability to self-evaluate, I said this yesterday as well, um, it's also emerging into one sometimes or, or advice because just like teaching our pupils to learn to drive, it's the same thing, same thing over and over again, same faults um, from instructors and pupils. Um, but self-evaluation from the pupils' behalf is going to save their life and stop them from crashing in the future because they'll be able when they make those little blips they will be able to evaluate what part in it that they played and then put preventative measures in in the future um i'm not going to give the example don't tell that story <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> because there was a very personal example, not not with me, but a family member. And because this podcast is public, I am not going to. <laughs> so if you want to know what that example is, you should sign up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just go back to what you were saying about like um, us banging on about mirrors. Um, I think that's quite crucial to this. Um, in in have we found the right solution? If we're banging on, have we have we found the right is banging on the right solution? Like that that's the key. Um, because it, like if it's not working, don't don't keep doing it. Like find a different conversation, find a different way to go about it. Is it is it potentially, is it the mirrors that are the issue? Um, and that goes back to what we're talking about with the having the, the core issue here. Um, I, I told the story yesterday on the Zoom about um a pupil um who I'd done a mock test for was brilliant with their mirrors for the entire test apart from one traffic light roundabout and so mirrors isn't that person's issue the traffic light roundabout was that person's issue and what we needed to do was increase their competence on the traffic light roundabout so that they have the brain space to check their mirrors um and so maybe that's something to be to be considering that if a pupil isn't is always not checking their mirrors is it because they're they're too busy concentrating on other stuff at that point? And so therefore, do we need to support them with that while they while they um focus on whatever they're focusing? Um, or do we need to support them with the other thing so they can focus on the mirrors? And and it's finding that that right level and that right solution for that pupil, um, rather than just banging on about the mirrors not saying that's what you were doing I'm just like <laughs> yeah, it was my very first lesson with her but yeah, yeah 100% right <clears throat> 100% okay I'm going to wrap it up there if nothing else because I've got another podcast in about 15 minutes uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah thank you um well I, actually I, I normally give people the opportunity to uh, say where you can find them so where can you find us <laughs> um so you can find us at inspireinstructortraining.com we have uh, our website we are on facebook we are on instagram um so as with last season and i have not warned you about this um we are doing a top tip at the end of every episode um you've already done one of these because you're the only person to have been on the podcast twice um and um what would your current top tip be for driving instructors make sure you evaluate on your lessons and if you see the opportunity to fix something don't try and fix everything choose one thing to prioritize because if you try and change everything a bit like starting a diet and going to the gym in january it's going to fail if you're doing too much at the same time just start the diet or just start the gym. Do one thing, then introduce some of the other fixes. Nice. And I'm, I'm taking, you're talking there about instructors evaluating their own yes. performance. Yeah. Um, that's quite interesting because I've recently done that in, in the fact that I have since, so we're like, the, it just coming into February and I've, my focus was be consistent at the gym. And now I feel like I've got that. My next focus is, be consistent with with diet um so i did i literally did that i split it into two um quite quite deliberately so uh yeah um that's a, a nice top tip that i've taken on <laughs> well i i am going to in march join the gym let's see if this happens so you can keep me accountable but i'm just gonna join the gym and eat like a fat pig <laughs> and then I will I will introduce the diet when I'm I'm feeling up to it. <laughs> yeah. Well the, the beauty of it is is that the and we've we've turned into a fitness podcast now. But the the beauty of this is that you and it, but it does apply to, to, to instruction is that once you once that becomes a habit, it, it means you don't need to focus on it. It doesn't take as much willpower. And willpower is like a muscle. It it goes away after a while and it tires. So it doesn't take as much willpower, but that can apply in the car in the sense that if you're trying three or four new techniques because you've been on a workshop, 
Um, it takes a lot of muscle and brain power to do those. And so then they it feels like they're not working or they struggle and they go away. So yeah, pick one thing, nail that until you can't not nail it and then and then move and then move on and, and try the next thing. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. Inspire Instructor Podcast, where the learning never stops.